Welcome back to the Dirsch Show. Uh, calling somebody uh, an anti-Semite, uh, particularly a public figure or a political figure, really can be a, a kiss of death, especially after the Holocaust. Nobody wants to be called an anti-Semite, at least not in the United States. There are some European countries in, in which that's still probably a compliment. And I'm sure there are some bars and grills in parts of the United States where it's still regarded as not a compliment, just a, a description which is uh, permissible. But the charge of anti-Semitism is now being weaponized um, by, by both parties. But I want to focus first on the New York Times today in its reporting, not in an editorial, not in an op-ed, but in its reporting accused Donald Trump being uh, anti-Semitic. Uh, um, and, and they did it on the basis of statements that I've heard Donald Trump make um, over the past four years. Uh, here's basically what Donald Trump has said. He said it to me. Um, he said it on tape. He said it on video. Um, he says it to anybody who asks him about it. He says, look, I've been the best president um uh, Israel has ever had eh, close. Certainly, Harry Truman was was pretty good too, recognizing Israel uh, in 1948. But he says, "I'm the best president Israel ever had. I recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. I recognize the Golan Heights as a legitimate part of Israel." Um, he also uh, issued an executive order in which um, being anti-Zionist, anti-Israel on college campuses should be investigated, along with other forms of Racism. So he's been very, very good on on Israel. The Abraham Accords were a major, major step forward for which he deserves credit. But he's angry. He's saying, "Look, I did so much for Israel and for the Jewish people. Why don't they vote for me?" Um, as he said at one point, um, in Israel, he says, "Here I'll quote: In Israel, I'm like 94 percent approval rating, but I got 27, 28 percent." in the United States. Um, and, and, and so he's, he, he's angry. Uh, when I had dinner with him once when the Abraham Accords were being negotiated and I was being asked to help out with some people to try to persuade them not to oppose the Abraham Accords. So I had dinner with President Trump at his um, New Jersey uh, golf um, uh, hotel. And the first thing he asked me was, why don't more Jews vote for me? What 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 more can I do? I'm, I've been so good for Israel. I've been so good to the Jewish people. Why don't they vote for me? And I, I think he's asked me that question at least three or four times. And I've always given him the same answer. And that is Jews like me. And, you know, he was pointing a finger at me because he knows I didn't vote for him. I said, Jews like me admire what you did for Israel. We appreciate it. Um, uh, we thank you. You did the right thing. Uh, but we can't vote Republican because Israel is not the only issue that we deeply care about. We're, we're Americans and we care about me as a liberal. I care about a, a, a gay person's right to marry somebody of his own sex. I care about a woman's right to uh, have an abortion at the early stages of her pregnancy. I care about climate control. I care about reasonable gun control. I care about separation between church and state. And those are issues the Republicans are not good on. They're terrible. 
and the Democrats are are better. Look, you got a guy running for governor on the Republican uh, side who says there should be no separation of church and state. This is Pennsylvania. He said we're a Christian country, and I'm in for Christian power, and um, and and the government should include um, Christian prayer, Christian prayer in the schools. Uh, that's part of the Republican platform. Um, President Trump boasted for putting four justices on the Supreme Court, which resulted in the reversal of Roe versus Wade. Don't expect me to vote for you under those circumstances. Yeah, expect me to appreciate what you did for Israel, but that's not enough. Now, that gets a lot of uh, Jewish supporters to vote for him, particularly Orthodox Jews. And, you know, his 27, 28% is higher than the 20% that um, um, other Republicans uh, have have gotten. I don't remember what Ronald Reagan got, but um, it's probably probably less than 27, 28%. But whatever you might think of Donald Trump saying that, it is simply not anti-Semitic. It is a complaint about Jewish voting patterns. That's a fair point to make. That's a fair point to espouse. It's fair to express his anger at people who he thinks he has done a lot for and haven't reciprocated. Um, I can imagine other groups uh, having the same situation where he's done some things for them and not enough people from that group vote for him. First of all, Jews like African-Americans, like, uh, like uh, uh, every other ethnic group, they're not the same. Um, we happen to share a common heritage and for some of us a common religion or a common theology, although that doesn't really unite the Jewish community. It's the common heritage that just, but we're different. You know, we're, we're liberals, we're conservatives, we're radicals, we're reactionaries. Um, you know, we're economic free trade people, we're socialists, we're you name it, every possible range of opinion is covered in the Jewish community. Don't expect us to vote as a as a block, and you know there are a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of anti-Zionists in the Jewish uh, community. Some of the worst uh, anti-Zionist, anti-Israel people are Jews: uh, Norman Finkelstein, Noam Chomsky, Peter Beinhart, um, uh, Etzmon. I can name dozens and dozens. Of them. In fact, some of the leaders of the anti-Israel movement are people who were born of Jewish parents. Um, a friend of mine likes to describe them as being Jewish only on their parents' side. Uh, but those are fair discussions. Those are points that we can, we can argue about. But the New York Times uh, does this, and it's really surprising because the journalist who wrote it, the reporter is a good reporter. He says, she says, the former president's remarks, that's the remarks about we really don't appreciate the fact that Jews don't vote for me, have done so much for Israel. Uh, president's remarks echoed anti-Semitic comments that Mr. Trump made in a post on his social media site, Truth Social, on Sunday, in which he excoriated U.S. Jews and said they needed to get their act together and appreciate him the way Israeli Jews do before it's too late. I mean, before it's too late for Israel is what he's basically saying. Look, I wouldn't have used those words. I wouldn't have said in exactly that way, but it's not the role of a reporter for the New York Times, not an op-ed writer, but a reporter for the New York Times to describe these comments without criticism or without saying it's an opinion, just as the former president's remarks echoed anti-Semitic comments. No, 
they're not anti-Semitic comments. They're comments of a politician who feels aggrieved by the fact that he's done so much for a particular community and the community hasn't done the same to him. I, I suspect that Democrats um, have made similar comments, certainly in private, about um, the number of black voters who now vote Republican, the number of uh, Latino voters who now vote uh, Republican. Why do they vote Republican? I am on their side. I help them out so much. Uh, you know, it's it's part of a stereotype. And, you know, you can you can accuse um, Donald Trump of stereotyping. And I think that's a fair accusation. I think he does stereotype and he does assume somehow that that Jews um, vote the same pattern. Uh, but uh, I'm sure all political figures stereotype. They talk about Trump is not the first person to talk about the Jewish vote or the black vote or the Irish vote or you know, you name it. Uh, uh, criminal lawyers do the same thing. When they pick juries, um, they stereotype. Oh, we, Jews are more likely this. Um, uh, Italian-Americans are more likely this. Um, they're stereotypes, and they're often wrong. But they're not racist. They're not anti-Semitic. And I submit that uh, I haven't heard anything that Donald Trump say this anti-Semitic. Look, I sat and had dinner with him when he made that point. Do you think, you guys know me a little bit, do you think I would remain at the dinner table with anybody who I believe was making anti-Semitic comments? I assure you I wouldn't. I don't care if he's the president. I would get up and walk out. And I have walked out uh, when people have made anti-Semitic comments. I certainly would push back. And I didn't. Um, not because he was president, not because it was in his a uh, hotel, but because I did not perceive what he said as being anti-Semitic. Now, let's turn away from him and, and talk about some other people uh, who have made statements that are anti-Semitic. Uh, first of all, uh, Ilana Mera, the congresswoman from Michigan, where she basically said the only reason that Jews, um, uh, that uh, congressmen vote for Israel is the Benjamins, baby, the Benjamins. I mean, that invokes a stereotype that uh, you know, Jews buy votes with their with their money, or what Kanye West uh, has has said over and over again, that uh, basically Jews exploit black entertainers, and and then he's you know made some wishes about the Jewish community that were clearly clearly negative. So uh, I think those two folks are uh, anti-Semitic, and they fit nicely within that category. Congresswoman Green, what about her? Is it anti-Semitic to stupidly and foolishly say that the fires in um, in California were caused by rays coming from a satellite put up there by uh, you know a, a prominent Jewish uh, a family? It was just stupid. I mean, just ridiculous. I, you don't have to call her an anti-Semite to vote against her. Um, does she believe it? If she believes that it's she's even more stupid than I thought. Um, uh, and she's made other comments uh, like that. But I think we have to be very careful before we accuse people of anti-Semitism. Now, is it anti-Semitic for uh, nine clubs at Berkeley to ban um, only speakers uh, who support Israel's right to exist? Yes, it is. And many of the people who voted for that ban are Jewish, but it's anti-Semitic. Why? 
how can you single out only the nation state of the Jewish people to ban people who believe in their right to exist? You're not going to ban, or at least they don't ban, people who support China's right to put people in concentration camps or Russia's right to uh, willfully attack civilians in the Ukraine or uh, the rights of uh, other tyrannical regimes, um, Turkey's right to arrest uh, judges and journalists. All those can speak at the nine clubs, no problem. But I can't speak at any of these clubs. I can't speak about abortion. I can't speak about Thomas Jefferson. I can't speak about the Yankees um, um, because I'm a Zionist. And what does it mean to be a Zionist? It means that you believe that the Jewish nation, the nation state of the Jewish people, Israel, has a right to exist. I mean, what what conceivable argument is there against Israel's right to exist that doesn't apply tenfold to New Zealand? Uh, New Zealand captured islands that had never been inhabited by any Europeans. Um, They killed the Maoris. They displaced them. Uh, They had no right to be in New Zealand. Pure colonialism. Uh, They took the country away from the Maori people. And now they're symbolically saying, oh, we're sorry. And and, and the few remaining Maoris maybe will give them a little bit of influence in government. But what right does New Zealand have to exist if Israel doesn't have the right to exist? In fact, New Zealand came into prominence, into being really at about the same time as the nation state of the Jewish people. The difference, of course, is Israel existed 2,000 years ago. It was the home of the Jewish people, the home of the Bible. Uh, Jesus was a Jew. He, uh, The New Testament is filled with stories about uh, Jesus in the temple. Um, some people have called him the first Reformed rabbi, uh, the founder of Christianity, um, St. Paul, St. Paul. They're all Jewish, and they all lived in, in what has what the Romans called Palestine, what Jews have consistently called Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel. And the idea that Jews have no right to go back after they were expelled, but New Zealanders, you know, somebody from downtown London uh, has the right to move to New Zealand, kill and displace Maoris, and, um, and take over the country. And who do you think has one of the worst voting records against Israel at the UN? New Zealand. Um, what hypocrisy. What incredible hypocrisy. And, and so when you single out only the nation state of the Jewish people, um, that really is anti-Semitism. So again, I want to ask you, because I asked you this the other day, but I'm, I'm really conflicted about this. So there are a bunch of law firms, big law firms, major law firms that represent major, major corporations that are sponsoring these nine clubs um, who have engaged in anti-Semitic bigotry precluding me and others from speaking at these clubs about any issue because we believe in Israel's right to exist. So I have two questions. One, should we who oppose this ban, and I strongly oppose the ban on speakers, should we publicize the name of the law firms that are funding this bigotry and this anti-Semitism? I think the answer to that is clearly yes. No doubt about that. I'm not even equivocal about that. There are law firms, they're big companies, they make billions of dollars a year. And they have corporations and clients who probably don't approve of these clubs and uh, the clients want to know it. So that's an easy question. The harder question, I've asked you about this before and I'm asking you about it again. Should we compile a list of names of people in the clubs uh, who voted for uh, this bigoted ban, this anti-Semitic ban? 
imagine the shoe on the other foot. Imagine there were a group of clubs that excluded African-Americans or gays. Um, don't you think that the left would want to get the names of people who voted for that and send them to law firms and say, wait a minute, do you really want to hire an anti-black or an anti-gay or an anti-woman bigot? No, you're not going to do that. Is that different from saying, are you really going to hire uh, people who voted for a ban only on speakers who support the right of Israel to exist? So should we compile that list or is it reminiscent of McCarthyism? Is it, uh, is it a blacklist? Is it red channels? You know, I'm, I'm of two minds. On the one hand, if you vote for a bigoted issue like that, uh, you know, buy it, be proud of it. Um, don't deny it. and Don't be embarrassed if your name is disclosed. Be proud of your bigotry. Uh, on the other hand, I don't want to be part and parcel of anything that smacks of McCarthyism or blacklists or, or red channels. So you tell me what I should do. My inclination at the moment is to favor exposure. Uh, the First Amendment may give them the right to be bigots, but it gives me the right to call them bigots. And it doesn't do any good to call a club of bigotry uh, or accuse a club of bigotry. Uh, you know, the clubs, uh, the women of Berkeley, the women of Berkeley Law School. This club apparently represents the women, 50% of the class, engaging in this kind of bigotry. The gay club engaging in this kind of bigotry. South Asian Association. They're not condemning China. They're not condemning China. They're not condemning Myanmar. They're only condemning the nation state of the Jewish people and banning people who don't share their views from speaking on any subject in the world. So, you know, I my inclination is let the chips fall where they may. Let's tell the world, let's tell these law firms uh, that you're hiring somebody who engages in bigotry. You wouldn't hire an anti-black, anti-gay, anti-woman, anti-Muslim. Why would you hire an anti-Semite? Oh, but he's Jewish. Doesn't matter. Would you hire an anti-Muslim person who happens to be of the Muslim faith? And there are some like that in every group. Uh, within the African-American community, there are some who do not accept the narrative of Black Lives Matter or some of the other narratives. Um, and there are some within the Jewish community that don't accept the narrative of Israel's right to exist as the nation state of the Jewish people. So you've written me a lot of letters recently, um, m- many of them about political matters. But please, I'm asking you for your opinion as about whether or not I should become part of a campaign to disclose to law firms and to judges, the names of uh, students uh, who belong to these clubs and who voted for uh, the ban on, on, on Zionist speakers. As you know, some judges, at least two at the moment, have said they will never again hire students from Yale Law School. I think that goes too far because not every student at Yale Law School is responsible for what some students have done. I'm going back to Yale Law School this Friday for my 60th reunion, 60th reunion. I started Yale 63 years ago. And there's going to be a speech by uh, my first professor, Guido Calabresi. So the day I walked into my first class in law school, it was my first class. It was taught by Guido Calabresi. Um, and it was Guido Calabresi's first class. And I was the first student he called on. So we have a shared memory. And I want to help share that uh, uh, this weekend at Yale. But I'm not going to be quiet about uh, Yale Law School and about um, what some students there have done, shutting down other speakers' 
shouting them down, not allowing them to speak, um, uh, dissing people, canceling people, denying people the right of um, freedom of speech. They're going to hear from me on, on this issue, but I'm not going to sweep the broad brush any more than I would if I did become involved in naming the names of, of students. I would only name the names of students who, who voted for this, who were officers of the um, of the clubs, uh, who were proud uh, of it. Um, and I would say that there may have been some who dissented and some who didn't agree with it. And those people shouldn't be held responsible, although the president of the women's group quit over this issue. And kudos to her. That was the right thing to do. I could never belong to an organization that discriminated against blacks or gays or women or Jews uh, or people who support the right of Israel to exist. So uh, let's hear from you. In the meantime, let's take questions on some other subjects. A lot of letters came in on why I don't believe that um, President uh, Biden should be impeached and why I would defend Biden if he were impeached on unconstitutional uh, grounds the way Trump was impeached on unconstitutional grounds. Yes, Alan, of course you would oppose it. You are such a net jumper. Not sure I know what that means. One minute you stand for what's right and just, the next minute you make us all wonder why anyone would care or believe in you anyway. No, I'm not the net jumper. I'm the guy who stands exactly at the same spot. But issues change around me. I defend civil liberties. I defend the Constitution. Sometimes that helps Republicans. Sometimes it helps Democrats. I'm not the net jumper. You guys are. When you jump over the net one way or the other way, if it helps or hurts your party, that's partisanship. Civil libertarians, principled civil libertarians, are not net jumpers, whatever that may mean. I'm somebody who stands up and stands still for constitutional rights. Hey, Professor Dirsch, if Hunter Biden got the money that he passed to his father, Joe Biden, for the purpose of altering U.S. policy, then doesn't that qualify as a bribe? Yes, I think it would qualify as a bribe, but I haven't seen evidence that that happened. I haven't even seen allegations that that happened. But the writer says it's obvious that Hunter Biden is just Joe's bag man. You know, if that were the case, I would favor Im impeachment, um, but would also have favored impeachment of Donald Trump if there could be any proof that there was an illegal or unlawful quid pro quo. Uh, I did say that a mere legal quid pro quo uh, would not be grounds for impeachment. And CNN, of course, took out the words unlawful and illegal and distorted what I had to say, which is why. I'm suing them. Okay, next one. No matter what, you'll oppose it? If he has clearly broken the laws? No, no, no. Let me be very clear. All I said was, based on the evidence I've now seen, if the Republicans immediately take control of the House and vote for impeachment on unconstitutional grounds of the kind that was voted for impeachment for Trump, I will oppose it. Now, the interesting thing is, what will Republican hypocrites and Democrat hypocrites do? I can tell you what Professor Tribe will do. That's obvious. Um, uh, he will say that what he said about Donald Trump isn't really true uh, with Joe Biden. Uh, you really do need criminal type behavior before you can impeach uh, uh, Joe Biden. Uh, the hypocrites on the on the Democratic side will make that argument, and the hypocrites on the Republican side will say, oh, yeah, we agreed with Dershowitz's claim about criminal-type behavior when he made it for Trump, but we don't agree with it now that he's making it for Biden. I've made the same argument for Hillary Clinton when it looked like she might get elected and impeached. I make the same argument for Donald Trump, and I will make the same argument if um, President Biden is impeached 
on unconstitutional grounds. Obviously, if he's impeached on constitutional grounds and there's evidence to support it, uh, I would take a, a different view. This is an interesting one. I've heard this before. Professor Dershowitz, until you add fiscal, fiscal libertarianism to your civil libertarianism, you're no principal libertarian. No, I don't agree with you. I think you can be a principled civil libertarian, um, even if you adopt uh, fiscal policies that are different from um, those which some libertarians uh, accept. Um, I do believe in progressive taxation. It needed a constitutional amendment to achieve that. And I think most Americans believe in progressive taxation, but uh, extremist libertarian, fiscal libertarians uh, probably don't. And so I think you can think differently about monetary issues on the one hand and issues involving personal personal liberty on the other. I understand the argument on the other side, but I, I don't agree with it. Okay, here's a good one. Well, Dershbag, that's probably to protect yourself from prosecution for pedophilia as Jeffrey at Jeffrey Epstein's house on Little St. Andrew, Pedo Island, that you took several trips to, according to flight logs, you couldn't hide. All right, here's what the challenge is. I will give $1,000 to your favorite racist, bigoted charity. Don't care what it is. If you can produce a single flight log that shows that I was ever on Jeffrey Epstein's island, um, as I've testified to, and as I've said over and over again, my wife and my and my daughter um, went to Epstein's Island years before uh, any of the accusers were on that island. We went to the island when he first bought it. I was in Guadeloupe or Martinique, and I went there. We spent one night. Um, there was nobody on the island except for some uh, people who were fixing it up. He had just bought the island. It's the only time I've ever been on the island, and there, there are no flight logs that show differently. So produce the, the, the flight log that shows me on, on the island number one. And number two, if you don't, then withdraw your claim that there are flight logs, or maybe, maybe, maybe there'll be some legal actions. Uh, because you can't go around making lying, defamatory statements like that. I want to tell you categorically, absolutely, and if you can disprove this, you can get the $1,000. I never had sex with anyone that was known to Jeffrey Epstein, with anyone associated with Jeffrey Epstein. I was never on the island or the ranch during a time when any of the accusers were there. When I went to those two places each once, it was with my wife and my daughter and lots of other people, and they are all witnesses to that. So stop lying and stop engaging in defamation and put your money where your mouth is. Prove Give me those flight logs. What's your name? T-S-A-X-Q-U-A-T-C-H. I know your name. I have your emails. And you now have the obligation to prove what you've said. You can't do it because it's false and totally untrue. Okay. Do I have any more letters today? Yeah, I have one more. What would you say if the if they were to use the 25th Amendment to impeach Biden, let me be clear, the 25th Amendment does not involve impeachment. It involves removal from office. But the, the impeachment provisions of the Constitution, the original impeachments, were, uh, were wrong. I mean, they didn't make provisions for how do you remove somebody 
who's not guilty of impeachable conduct, but who can't govern like Woodrow Wilson when he had a stroke and his wife basically took over the governance. That's why we need the 25th Amendment. It's not impeachment. It's different. If president's mental health and therefore his ability to fulfill his duties has been questioned repeatedly, as was Trump's. No, I don't think the 25th Amendment applied to Trump. I don't think it applies to Biden. I think it was intended to apply to people who are unconscious, who are um, um, suffering from very, very serious mental illness. For example, James Forrestal, the former Secretary of Defense, um, who jumped out of the window of uh, Walter Reed Hospital and killed himself, was a paranoid schizophrenic, if my, if my recollection is correct. And he believed that the Russians were uh, about to attack us in a nuclear fashion. This is the Secretary of Defense. He could be removed, um, obviously, and should be removed. Um, and if a president had that kind of illness, uh, he should be removed. But it doesn't apply to people who are getting older, people who you claim are slowing down. Uh, if you don't think that's the appropriate uh, way to be a president, vote against him. That's the basic protection that our Constitution has. You only have to wait another two years and one month and you get to vote for who you want and against who you vote you want. All right, please respond to what I've said, my request for advice from you, and I'll see you next week.